Bill Street Caravan is brought to you by the generous support of the Memphis Convention and Visitors Bureau. Memphis, home of the blues and the birthplace of rock and roll. Hi, I'm your co-host, Pat Mitchell-Worley. And I'm Kevin Cubbins. And you're listening to the Sounds of Memphis on Bill Street Caravan. Today on the program, we feature 88-year-old Delta bluesman Cedell Davis, backed by Jimbo Mathis. Back in the 1920s in Helena, Arkansas, his father was a sharecropper and also ran a juke joint. Cedell was exposed to the bluesmen that traveled the Delta in that period, including Robert Johnson, who he credits as his inspiration for taking up guitar and learning the blues. Cedell traveled the region playing music, often with Robert Nighthawk. But like many of the musicians during this time period, he never recorded. Rather than being lost to the mist of time, Cedell was rediscovered in the 1990s by New York Times music critic, the late Robert Palmer. Cedell joins us today to celebrate the release of Last Man Standing. The title is, of course, a reference to him being the last of the bluesmen from the Mississippi Delta. The record was produced by our good friend Jimbo Mathis, and he joins Sedell on stage today as band leader. Also joining us today will be Bill Street Caravan contributor David Less. David is going to be with us over the next several weeks, delivering installments on a series we call The Memphis Beat. That's all coming up right now on Bill Street Caravan. Last Man Standing. At 88 years old, Sedell Davis has the enthusiasm and spirit of an energetic teenager. His passion for the blues music of his childhood endures, and he is still making records. While that's all remarkable in its own right, a deeper look into Sedell's life story provides a context that evokes utter amazement. As a young child, yellow fever ravaged the community around him. Most people contract the virus once. You either die or you survive with immunity from subsequent infection. Cedell contracted the dreaded disease multiple times, surviving each instance. At the age of 10, he was crippled by polio. It left him reliant on crutches and left his hands gnarled and unable to play guitar. Unwilling to give up, his musical ambitions continued and flourished. He learned to use a butter knife in place of a slide. The handle of the knife worked in his crippled left hand, and he learned to play the knife over the top of the guitar's neck rather than under it like most slide guitars do. That technique created a trademark sound that brought him into favor with other bluesmen, and it ended up putting him on the road. Unfortunately, tragedy struck again. In 1957, while playing at a club in St. Louis, a bar fight created a panic. Cedell was crushed by an ensuing stampede. To this day, he's confined to a wheelchair from the injuries that he sustained. Remarkably, the music continued. You see this theme throughout his life, triumph over tragedy, perseverance. And in person, it's unmistakable. He exudes joy. His eyes sparkle, especially when you talk about the blues. After the break today, our listeners will get a chance to meet Cedell as we sit down and talk with him. It's a wonderful interview full of some amazing lessons, so I hope everyone will stay tuned for that. Today's set was captured at the High Tone Cafe here in Memphis at Cedell's album release party. He's backed by Jimbo Mathis, Stu Cole on bass, and Barrett Martin, drummer from The Screaming Trees. Also on guitar, we have Big Papa and Zach Benz, and Johnny Stevens is on harp. 
all from the Arkansas Blues Band Brethren. These gentlemen live near Sedale and have developed a really beautiful relationship with him. They act as his backing band, even touring the globe with Sedale in recent years. He acts as their mentor, showing them how to play the blues. Again, be sure to stay tuned after the break. We'll be sitting down with Cedell, and it's a great interview. You don't want to miss it. Here's Cedell Davis live on Bill Street Caravan. Shamon!
Dell Davis, y'all, this CD release party right here in the great city of Memphis, Tennessee. Put your hands together, y'all. CDL Davis release. CD release party right here. The devil in her. Yeah, 
back doing something wrong. got the devil in her. <laughs> Y'all, you're looking at a legend right here. For folks just tuning in, you're listening to the sounds of Memphis on Bill Street Caravan. Today's program is made possible by support from Bridging the Blues. Find out more about the music and culture of Memphis and the Delta region at bridgingtheblues.com. Here's more from Cedell Davis with Jimbo Mathis, live on Bill Street Caravan. Gonna feature uh, Mr. Zach Benz right here on the guitar. Put together, show your love for him. Kicked us out of the reason why Grandma loved Grandpa so.
But uh, right now, this is all about C. Dale Davis. We're going to do one more. Further on up the road, I think this is a great song to end on right now. Further on up the road, uh, we're going to see C. Dale. This is his newest record, but it's not his greatest record, because it's not to make behind this. Do y'all feel me out there and say, yeah? We're going to do a little something called Further On Up the Road.
That was C. Dell Davis with Jimbo Mathis, live on Beale Street Caravan. We'll be back in just a few minutes with more music, but right now we're going to turn it over to Beale Street Caravan contributor David Less. David has worn a lot of hats. As a music journalist, David Less's contributions have appeared in Rolling Stone, Downbeat, Blues Review, and Memphis Magazine. He has researched Memphis music for the National Endowment for the Humanities and the Smithsonian Institute. And as a former executive director of the Blues Foundation, he created the radio program you're listening to right now. His series, The Memphis Beat, combines archived interviews with David's keen perspective to present a behind-the-scenes look at the social forces and unforgettable characters that shape Memphis music. Here's David. Thanks, Pat. Last week, we talked about the early days of Beale Street before Edward Boss Crump and Police Commissioner Holy Joe Boyle cleaned up the gambling joints and houses of prostitution in 1940. Here is Sun Records owner and legendary record producer Sam Phillips describing his first impressions of Beale Street. I just heard so much about Beale Street. There was nothing, there was nothing that I wanted to see more than Beale Street. But we went up and down Beale Street, and to see these people, you had everything from people dressed up fit to kill at 4 o'clock in the morning. I mean, business was brisk, to winos, to just nice, clean drunks, to uh, people from the farm, and most of them were from the farm, that were looking just to make sure they didn't miss anything that was going on, because they had been saving for years, some of them, to come to Beale Street and spend the weekend. There is a common misconception that in the early days, Beale Street was lined with nightclubs from which blues music flowed out into the street. Actually, in the early days, there were saloons and gambling joints, but no clubs and the only music performed there usually was limited to a piano player. Country bluesmen like Furry Lewis and Sleepy John Estes would perform outside on the street and in the park along with jug bands like the Memphis Jug Band and Cannon's Jug Stompers. That music was relegated to places off Beale after the early 1940s, but a new music came in and flourished on Beale. Boss Crump and Commissioner Boyle could clean up the street, but they could not stop the music from continuing. In the 1940s, Beale Street became a haven for young jazz musicians who met up late at night and often jammed at Club Handy, which was owned by Robert Sunbeam Mitchell. Located above the Pantaz Drugstore, where Abe Plow started his empire in pharmaceuticals, Club Handy was the place to go to hear the best in late night jazz. Emerson Abel is a saxophonist and a former high school music instructor who recorded and toured with Isaac Hayes. As a student in the 1940s, he described Beale Street as a place to meet after work and jam. He was often schooled by older musicians at Club Handy. We would all come back to this same spot. If the gig ended before 12, we could catch the lineup going home. No one wanted to catch the lineup because we had made some money and we were going to hang and jam and catch the United Cab, four or five of us in a cab, and, you know, they, the one price thing. It was no problem for us to get home. But we did have those sessions, and those sessions were inspiring, encouraging, and in a lot of instances, embarrassing and disappointing. But now, once you had well through Sweet Georgia Brown, if this was one of the tunes that we were doing on that particular night, 
and perhaps somebody else threw your left hook with a right cross. In other words, they got more house from that improvisational type thing. It didn't happen the next week because now you had to go to the woodshed so you could practice up on the changes for that particular piece. Fred Ford was a baritone saxophonist who toured and played with Johnny Otis and B.B. King in the late 40s and early 50s. He howled like a dog on Big Mama Thornton's recording of Hound Dog as a member of Otis's band. He describes applying for work as a young musician with Howard Yancey, who is one of the prominent booking agents on Beale Street. So, so we were kids playing, and this street, Beale Street, was a hotbed of youngsters that just loved to play, and you can come down here and you see kids with the instruments going up, they had a place across the street. Uh, Mr. Yancey's, where they would book bands. And, uh, okay, we can sit get your band over there. How many pieces? So they said, well, all right, uh, what, what you play, boy? He said, I, I play a clarinet. You play a saxophone? No, sir. We need a saxophone player. I can play a clarinet. Well, we, know, we had to get a saxophone player. Then I play saxophone. Yes, sir. We school kids were mingle, intermingling with the older men. And so, we were playing what they were playing, and plus we, uh, this evolution where we were listening, at, listening to jazz and, and the modern jazz, and then bebop and things came in. So, you know, as the transition started going along, and we go, they said, all right, man, you have all this bebop playing. You've got to learn how to play some of these songs, these ballads. So now, if you, were, if you weren't able to play Bill, the Bill Barrel, Poker, and and uh, those different songs, you know, and Missouri Waltz and all those things. You couldn't play those songs. You couldn't get any gigs. So really, that helped us. So we didn't get tied up with this type of music, that type of music. We just tried to make whatever we play sound good. So we loved what we were playing. Among the generation of jazz musicians who grew up in Memphis and performed on Beale, the name Bill Harvey is revered. He is an almost forgotten band leader who set the standard for small band jazz in Memphis. The pantheon of 50s musicians include George Coleman, Booker Little, Harold Mayburn, Phineas Newborn Jr., Charles Lloyd, and countless others. Emerson Abel and Fred Ford talked about Bill Harvey and his influence. And this is when we started going up at Mitchell's Hotel and met Bill Harvey. And uh, this is where Bill Harvey was the dean of us. But to those of us who had been around Bill Harvey, and he had just enough savvy, he kept us abreast of all of the tune. And he would be on. We had another piano player by the name of P.R. Gibson. He used to ride us all night long. We'd be playing a tune. He said, what about that change, boy? And he would just ride us, man. And you know, when you're out before the public and you think that you are playing and everything, and then the man is hollering at you and telling you that you're playing the wrong change, this can be very, very embarrassing. This happened to all of us. But as Fred so often says, Sidewalk University. You understand? Next week, we'll talk about blues and jazz made in Memphis in night spots off of Beale Street at places like the Goat Farm and the Brown Derby. For Beale Street Caravan, this is David Less. Thanks, David. We have to take a quick break for local announcements, but when we come back, we'll have more music from Cedell Davis and Jimbo Mathis. You're listening to The Sounds of Memphis on Beale Street Caravan.
AutoZone is proud to support Bill Street Caravan and many other arts organizations that strengthen the greater Memphis community. Parts are just part of what we do. AutoZone.com. Bill Street Caravan is also supported in part by awards from the Tennessee Arts Commission and Arts Memphis. We're back, and for those of you just tuning in, we have legendary Delta Bluesman C.L. Davis with us this week. If you missed the first half of the program, don't fret. You can stream this week's program in its entirety on our social media pages or download the program in podcast form from the iTunes store. Before we get back to the music, we're going to hear from Cedell himself. We had a chance to catch up with him right before he hit the stage, and here's what he had to say. Cedell, I have so many questions for you. When you went to went to juke joints and everything, was there anybody that, that just motivated you and inspired you so much that the, that was the moment where you went, I want to play music? Okay. Uh, when I first started, you called him Robert Nighthawk. Mm-hmm. Well, I played with many different guys, many different guys uh, throughout Alabama, Georgia. I, I was seven years old when I found that hop. My cousin sent me to the pea patch to get some peas for dinner. So I found this hop, and that started me at seven years old. Okay, when I learned more, I was 15 years old. Yeah. And when I come famous, people say I was uh, 16. And I've been going at it ever since. I've been going ever since I was 16 years old. So for the new record that you got, you know, you're not playing guitar. No, no. I, I, I had a stroke in my right side. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm not playing the guitar anymore, but I sang. How can you trust these people to, to play right? Do you have to stay on them? <laughs> yeah. I don't have to do too much, you know, uh, playing. But of course, they understand they all, they all understand, all understand pretty good. When I first started playing with them, they, they didn't play too much blues. <laughs> he, he didn't play He's too. right. Since I've been playing with them, well, they come to like it. We've all learned a lot from playing with Mr. Davis. He's always very kind, but he does know how he wants it to be done, and we, we respect that. I've known many a musician that has played with Mr. Davis over the years, and they always say that, you know, you sweat up there because you have to pay attention. Absolutely. We've been playing with him for about, was it, nine years now, and I still have that feeling. You are, We are following him. That's the deal. We are following him, and he's a good leader. This new record, you chose some great standard songs to do, you know, Big Joe Turner, Elmore James, even Bobby Bland. Bobby Blue Bland's a soul crooner. What what's the blues man doing this great soul song? I was totally like I pick up I still pick up uh different music styles. Mm-hmm. So I uh, I don't have no problem with, about that. You can do it all, that's what you're telling yeah, me. I, I did it all. <laughs> he was telling me the first music he listened to was he said hillbilly music. Carter family and yeah. uh and he was listening to all this stuff, what you could hear on the radio, right? Yeah. June Carter's daughter, daughter uh, married yeah. Johnny Cash, you know. Were you listening to a station out of Nashville, or were you listening? I'm trying to think what the closest thing to you would have been. WDIA. Oh, DIA here in Memphis. WDIA. So you were in, in Helena at the time, outside of Helena, and you were listening to WDIA. Yeah. People ask me, how long are you going to perform? 
I said, well, I don't know because I plan I'll keep going. See, I, it's my career. Yeah. And uh, I plan to use it best I can. That's a good, good words there. How do you incorporate the new things that you hear and still keep that blues essence? Ain't, ain't no problem. It's not no problem to me, you know, because I I lay in the bed sometime at night. I go over the music and stuff like that. Me, I don't I don't have to rehearse music. Mm-hmm. I don't have to rehearse. So how do you work on passing that on to the next generation? I mean, as I as I said earlier, you've got a 24 year old in the band. I guess that's one way. <laughs> to pass the music on. But I'm curious from the 24-year-old, the younger Mr. Benz, what is, um, what's the hardest thing for you in, le- in this process? What's been the hardest lesson that you've learned playing with C-Dale? Uh, he's talented. He's easy to learn. But he forgets sometimes, you know. I like to know exactly what we're about to play, what, you know, what the next song is, the set list and the order. And uh, when I'm on the stage with Sidel, it's, and it's, uh, he's going to call it out to me as we go. I may have never heard that song before. Give us a short synopsis of how you guys have been playing um, playing together for about nine years. Well, me and Zach met Mr. Davis in 2005, Easter Sunday of all days. And Zach was, what, 15? And I was always dragging around to blues things and all this. And we met Mr. Davis up shortly after he had a stroke. And we were just happy to meet him. And he was in Pine Bluff. We were both from Warren, Arkansas originally, which is close to Pine Bluff. So we would just visit. We would come through there and visit. And uh, he wasn't doing real well at first. I didn't. I really never imagined he would perform again, to be honest with you. And we kept visiting. And then my harmonica player, Johnny Stevens, came with me. And we'd go to the nursing home. And he wanted us to come bring guitars and, and play. So we said, OK. So we would go in the cafeteria. And we're, I'm playing guitar, and John's over here playing harp. You got like every foot tapping in there, and it didn't matter what color or background, whatever. After this, he tells me hey, he wants to start playing. You know, and then we ended up playing the Juke Joint Festival the first time we played together, and out out and about in 2008. They were very they've mm-hmm. and it just kind of kept escalating. We were playing at different festivals, just local, regional. One day he told me he wanted to play in Paris. He's never played in Paris before. And yeah. I'm scratching my head. I don't know. I barely get us to play <laughs> in Mississippi. I don't know about Paris. And I run into um, uh, Scott H. Byram. I don't know if you know, uh, really kind of gritty blues guy. But he, he got me in contact with his people over in, uh, in Europe, and I'll always be grateful to him. And, and we went over there uh, two times. One time we went from Belgium all the way through France, Switzerland, including Paris, and all the way out through yeah. Serbia. And they just adored him everywhere he went. I mean, and he, he brought it to them. And uh, we won the second time this time last year, and we're looking to go in September as well. Um, and he just—it's uh, amazing to me uh, what he, how he comes alive on a stage. It just—it just—it's amazing, isn't it, Mr. Davis? Yeah, it just, it's uh, like electric, isn't it? Yeah, these these fellas uh, is easy to adapt to music because they want to play. These guys—they want to move forward, and uh, I'm willing to take him forward. Here he is, almost 89 years old, and he's got more spunk and drive than your average 30-year-old does. It's amazing to me. What you say about that, you know, you don't plan on dying? What was that you were saying that? Well, I plan on living. I'm dying to take care of the 
I, I, I like that. I don't like to sit over in the corner. Said, oh, I'm going to die. So, so, so. I don't plan on a dime. I plan on living all the time. This, this has been so great. Thank you guys for coming in the studio, for taking time to come in here and chat with us a little bit. Everybody gets to hear this great performance, but really to hear the people that are putting on the performance makes it even sweeter. So please come Thank back. You. Thank back. you. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you very much. And just let him know he's got a great new record out. It's yes, Last, Last Man, Stand. Man Standing. We're talking about it all throughout the show. Oh, so I'm just He's very proud of it, and we are as well. Again, today's set was captured at the High Tone Cafe here in Memphis at Cdell's album release party. He's backed by Jimbo Mathis. On bass, we have Stu Cole. Drums, we have Barrett Martin. Then we've got Big Papa Benz and Zach Benz and Johnny Stevens, all from the Arkansas band Brethren. I think Cdell is going to play a couple more, and then Jimbo takes it from there. Here's more from Cdell live on Beale Street Caravan. Come on now. Uh, we're gonna do one off that CD, Roll and Tumble, Cry the Whole Night Long.
do a song about a little bitty chicken that fell in love with a chicken hawk. Zach, Zach Ben's over here, y'all. Put your hands together. Chicken fell in love with a chicken hog. Yeah, a little bit of chicken fell in love with a chicken hog. He fell head over heels, but that hog tweaked off. You just take me up, pocket, take me up in the sky. Okay, take me up in the sky. You get it, I don't know how to fly. Get up, up and away. We can fly all day. Get up, up and away.
come in his house, stop all that yaggity yak. Come on. <laughs>
Sounding so good. Come around, get around. Ah, let's rock a while. 
talking to my better half But she ain't listening back Talking to my tall giraffe Baby, got so get on back Get on back, baby Come around, get back, Tojo Come around, get around Come around, get around Come around, head around She's a dome-sniffing dog She's a dome-sniffing dog She's a dome-sniffing dog She's a dome-sniffing dog Come on now That was Cdell Davis you with Jimbo Mathis live on Bill Street Caravan. To find out more about Cdell, you can find him on Facebook or head over to drummer Barrett Martin's website. It's barrettmartin.com. Cdell's new record, Last Man Standing, is being released on Barrett's label, Sunyata Records. You can also find more about Jimbo Mathis at jimbomathis.com. You can learn about Big Papa, Zach Benz, and Johnny Stevens by checking out Arkansas blues band The Brethren. They're the guys that are usually backing Cdell. You'll see them at festivals this summer and all over Europe. Special thanks to our supporters, the Memphis Convention and Visitors Bureau, Arts Memphis, Tennessee Arts Commission, AutoZone, and Bridging the Blues for their support in making Bill Street Caravan possible. We'd like to remind our listeners to please show your support for public broadcasting. You won't find programming like this anywhere else. You can find Bill Street Caravan on all the good social media outlets, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Check in with us there. We've always got great updates and special features related to our programming. Next week on Bill Street Caravan, we'll be bringing you more from contributor David Less as he continues his series, The Memphis Beat. We'll also have the Stax Academy Alumni Band playing soul classics in a performance that we recorded live at Willie Mitchell's Royal Studios. That's going to be great. Until then, I'm Pat Mitchell-Worley. And I'm Kevin Cubbins. And you've been listening to the sounds of Memphis on Bill Street Caravan.